to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp all right zach i'm gonna go right here all right i'm peaches i'm zach who goes third sometimes <laughs> sometimes what he feels like <laughs> <laughs> it depends on next next week he's just gonna go hello everybody and welcome to the game tea podcast i'm zach and i'm gonna be like um no i'll just go i'm jp <laughs> excuse me bitch excused excuse me i don't know i've been watching too much pitch perfect Oh, I love that movie. Well, more specifically, I love Anna Kendrick. I mean, who doesn't? But yeah, she's pretty cute. But let's get down to brass tacks, boys. Who here has gotten something from the Steam summer sale? Raise your hand. Peaches, how the fuck are we supposed to see each other's hands? My hand is raised. I, I am taking it. Your guys's are not. Okay, okay, okay. What have you gotten so far? So, so far, I have gotten Hades, Mass Effect Andromeda, and Pulsar Lost Colony. Um, I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Like, I, I don't know uh, how long it's going to take me to beat it, but I am enjoying like just smacking on some demons and then eventually dying to some dumbass trap. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Zach, have you picked up anything from the sale yet? I got game pass. so I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the fucking truth? That's very fair. I, I'll give that to you. Yeah. Everyone makes fun of me because I keep bringing up game pass. I'm just like, well, I got game pass. And they're like, we know, we know. And I'm like, well, why are you guys still buying games? <laughs> <laughs> why are you guys still buying games? You can't just keep rubbing the game pass in our face, Zach. All right. We're going to get sick of it soon. <laughs> Sounds like you're already sick of it. And I'm not trying to get you sick of it. I'm trying to get you to do it because I care about you. JP, what about you? Steam Summer Sale? You do anything? There's only one thing I've officially picked up. Phasmophobia, which has been in my cart forever. And I'm very excited to try it. Um, and then I don't know what it is with the horror games, but the only other thing I've been like kind of looking at is the uh, Blair Witch video game that came out a couple years back. Got some mixed reviews, but once the sale was right, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm picking this up because I love the movie and I like, you know, being scared out of my mind. So it just seems like the right choice to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that. And also, I mean, Phasmophobia is a, I think it's a four player game. So if we all want to. I don't know, maybe you and Zach get a stream going. Me and Zar hop in. Oh. We all pee our pants together. I could imagine I'm like in the room with a flashlight like, wow, this is spooky, guys. And I in the game, I turn around. I'm like, guys? And you're all just like hiding in the closet together. <laughs> just like, you're doing great, JP. Good job, JP. I'll be out in the van. <laughs> Save us. <laughs> I mean, it's it just... It's such a good mark to the summer is when the Steam summer sale hits. It's just, it's always, it's like, we need a holiday for this shit. It's fucking fantastic. I love it. Yeah, when when are we going to get our national Steam summer sale holiday? You get time and a half if you have to work during Steam summer sale. <laughs> Gamers are oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who would like to do itinerary for the episode today? I'll kick us off. 
Oh, yeah, you. You put your hand down, Zach. It's me this time. Again, can't see each other's hands, but love the effort. <laughs> um, today on the podcast, we are talking about Windows 11 is going to continue to be good for gaming, I guess. Valve doesn't like people saving extra money. Getting excited for PAX West. And this one was added in by Zach, so I'm not 100% sure, but... NEO, the game ends with you and Monster Hunter Stories 2 demos. Don't know what any of that means, but Zach will explain it thoroughly, I'm sure. And we got some quick takes. The game ends with you. Is that the the world ends with you or whatever game uh, sequel? Yes, it is. I'm actually very excited and interested to hear about that. So I am glad that Zach added that in. But we'll get to it when we get to it. So who's taking article number one? Well, I will... Article one comes to us. It's from PCGamer.com. It's by Dave James. Microsoft says, if you're a gamer, Windows 11 was made for you. Now, is this a hot take or is this sales? It's sales, baby. Microsoft Sarah Bond explained just why Windows 11 is going to deliver the best PC gaming experiences yet. Those are her words. During the What's Next for Windows live stream on Thursday and expanded on that statement in a new blog post on Xbox.com. Bond is basing her assertion on the three pillars of, oh, you guys are going to like this, superior graphics, amazing speed, and incredible selection of games. Um, I mainly wanted to use this article as kind of a, a point. When has Windows 11 or Windows generally just not been like the standard? For like, if you're gaming, I guess you, if you're a hipster, you use Linux, but like exactly what I was about to say is like, <laughs> ask any Linux user, those motherfuckers will tell you, but, but like there's windows and like, I have never had to worry about if a game is going to run well on windows. Like if I had a Mac, I'd be more like, all right, well, I got to check and see if this game is actually going to work on Mac, but like windows has always been the standard. So I don't know why they, I don't know, felt the need. To come out with this, there is one interesting thing from this article that I did want to highlight, though, and that's the integration of Windows 11 is going to have with Xbox Game Pass. I think that is actually a really cool feature and will substantially bolster subscriptions to Xbox Game Pass by making it easier to access on your PC. I think that's true. Um, Really, I think this is supposed to just be like um, Zach didn't get to it in the article quite yet. But a big advertisement for this uh, quote-unquote auto HDR service that I guess they're about to provide. And what other game would they use to advertise that than fucking Skyrim down here? So (laughs) I guess like what they say when they say superior graphics is I think, um, according to the article, auto HDR was a feature that was introduced into the Windows Insider builds back in March this year. Essentially, it adds high high dynamic range or HDR. Uh, to a standard dynamic range game, so long as it was built using DirectX 11 or higher. So I think that Microsoft is actually boasting, per what Zach said, that they're going to be able to like increase the graphic fidelity of games through like software, through this service. And I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. I can appreciate that, but like, I feel like Skyrim, even though it was like remastered, I can't even remember when, um is not the game to use as an example of like your HDR service. Cause I don't know, going back to Skyrim remastered or older version, I honestly could not tell you which is which like I've played both. And honestly, like I have, I had both installed at one point and it was always like a flip of the coin on which one I ended up opening. So I think what they're getting to in the article 
is that it's gonna just in, like any game that's made on DirectX 11 or newer, I think it's the word I want to use there. Um, they will, it just kind of goes back and it'll add in that HDR support to it. So you could tell a difference. You'll see a bigger contrast in colors and you'll see that more beautiful picture and that superior graphics that they're talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, adds a little bit more. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but it adds a little bit more to it. And I don't know. I'd have to see it to know what it's going to look like. Do we? Have, does anyone know when Windows 11 is going to drop? Like, I did some more extra research into this. And I couldn't find anything. To my, to the best of my knowledge, it's still in the works. They're doing a lot of different things to try and integrate with like newer age PCs. I feel like because not only are they talking about auto HDR for like superior graphics, quote unquote, direct storage was the other big thing to take away from what Zach said. And the way they describe direct storage is a little bit weird. They say it's another feature introduced with the latest consoles and leverages the power and performance of NVMe SSDs to shunt assets directly to the GPU. Now, I know that was a lot of malarkey, but essentially what they're trying to say with that is that they're going to put a lot more of like the load on an SSD, um, an NVMe SSD, not like your standard 2.5 drive, it sounds like in order to take a little bit of the strain off of the CPU. Um, and I'm a little confused by that because really it's RAM that controls things like like functionality like that. So I don't exactly know what they're getting at here, but it's done by people who are a lot smarter than I am. So I'll, we'll take their word for it. I'm not going to fuck around. I'm not exactly 100% sure how it works. It probably goes in part with uh, Xbox Game Pass and the xCloud system. So I think that's why we kind of have that holiday release date for um, Halo. Maybe they're just playing some giant synchronously synchronous launch with all these like Xbox services, which I can only see going poorly. But hopefully it it sounds like everything goes smooth. There's a lot to look forward to in Microsoft's future. I don't know why we're coming at this from a more pessimistic angle, because it sounds like Windows is trying to, like, introduce these things to really make gaming better from a PC gamer standpoint. I guess the reason why we're just a little kind of, like, hesitant is it's just like, when have you not been, you know, kind of like what Peaches was saying earlier. It's like, yeah, we fucking know. I don't know. Like, the things that they're talking about doing is great. And, like, Zach has been doing nothing but talking about how fucking awesome Game Pass is. And I think, like, Windows wants to give even more attention than they've already been doing to the service to make it better. So, I mean, in short, what this article is saying is that Windows, even just as, like, your operating system, is going to take a lot more time to help make those games in the future. And even past games look even fucking better, which, I'm not going to lie, I think is kind of cool. Yeah, and also, I mean, I got a free upgrade to, like, Windows 10 back when I still had like Windows 7 when I first bought my PC. So I'm hoping I get a free upgrade to Windows 11 as well. I don't want to sound like greedy or anything, but I sure wouldn't mind just having the new operating system. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's coming soon. I mean, Windows 10 dropped like what? 4 to 5 years ago? Must have been, yeah. I I think that's the longest interval Windows has had in quite some time between like new operating system upgrades. I can't wait to see what it brings either. I mean, I even without the gaming upgrades that they're promising, um, I don't have a lot else to say with this article. Um, I just think it's kind of like 
cool that they're helping make these games better and we're going to kind of have to wait for Windows 11 to drop to see how it goes. But yeah, I think it'll be cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is also just any time to throw in some uh, Mac operating system slander, you know, laugh at all the people who can't play all the games at Windows and I guess you Linux hipsters as well. I love Apple phones. I hate Apple computers is kind of where I am on that scale. I would I love my PC for a lot of reasons, but Max operating system on like their computers, I find extremely frustrating. Oh yeah, like, I I totally get that, you know, Mac like the iOS and iPhones are extremely user-friendly and all this and that. Like I I used to be into the whole like Sam uh Android versus uh Apple thing, but anymore I just don't care. Like they're it's, just, a, it's just a big preference yeah. game, you know? It's like it, it honestly it's I would say it's likely whatever you like got started on is what you're stuck with now. You know what? This has nothing to do with video games, so we should move on. But guys, you're getting pretty off topic. Do you guys move on to the next article? Yes, I would love to. Um, do you boys mind if I take this one? It says peaches, but it does say peaches. But if hey, JP sounds excited. Oh no, you know what? Fine, peaches can have it. All right, JP, I'll let, make sure you get your takes in first as soon as I get done going from the article. All right? Yeah, you fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. As we were mentioning earlier, summer has just begun. This has come from the article now. And that means the Steam summer sale is imminent. And Valve has quietly clamped down on the ability for Steam users to switch regions and attempt to pay less for games or access restricted content. As Gamasutra reports, the change was first spotted by SteamDB. Valve has now added a limit on how often a Steam account region can be changed, with the new limit being once every three months. The change is in addition to the rule introduced last year, that restricted game purchases using a payment method from the country your Steam account region was set to. And I'm just going to get one last quick thing in from the article. Valve needed to implement such restrictions because some Steam users had started using virtual private networks or VPNs uh, to get around region restrictions and pay lower prices for their games. I don't know how to feel about this article because I have a lot of questions that are not receiving any answers. So number one, why are Steam games, like why are some Steam games, like if they're on sale, costing different prices depending on where you are? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Why isn't a sale a sale? Uh, So different tax rules, and then there's just different values of currency. Uh, so I I think that's a very multifaceted problem. So yeah, you could argue it could be arbitrary, but you could also definitely make a case based on at least those two things that I thought of on the spot that could um, talk to why those prices are different. And at the worst case scenario, it could just be exploitation. You you know you don't know. I I sincerely doubt Valve would tell us the way they get these prices for each uh, country. So that's that's only one question I have, but like it's also really complicated. I have no idea how they're actually managing to get around like VPNs. If you don't know what a VPN is, it stands for virtual private network. And what a virtual private network does is it makes it so that like the your computer's IP address isn't directly what gets information off the internet. A virtual private network acts as a gate where your IP address 
asks the VPN to find something on the internet for you. And then the VPN locates that information on the internet and then brings it back to you. And what that does is it prevents your IP address from being the direct link to like these specific search results. So how the fuck did Valve of all companies figure out how to stop people from using one? I don't understand that. That's crazy. So here's what's going on, right? Like people, it's not that they're stopping people from using it. They're stopping people from changing countries on like their actual Steam account, right? And so like people would use their VPN and be like, all right, I'm actually in London and not in the United States. Oh, okay. And then they would change, yeah, and they would then change their Steam region to be in the UK so they could get a sale price from the UK. Now, as I understand it, um, I I could be wrong on this, but I think the developers and publishers are often responsible for a lot of the like sales that go on in these different countries. But what I don't understand is like, I mean, I do understand it inherently that like, why would Valve just even care about an issue like this? I can't imagine it's so widespread that it's cutting into their profits immensely. Like in 2019, they were worth 10 billion and in 2021, they're worth 12 billion. All right. They're doing just fine. It's not like people changing regions and getting games slightly cheaper for themselves is cutting into their profit margins so heavily that they had to do something. And that's what bothers me. Is like, you you don't think it's about the money. You think it's more of like a fuck you type deal. I I think it really, I think it is about the money. I think it's about the pennies is what he's getting at where it's like, that's just kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, it's about pennies to them. Like they are worth $12 billion. What is... 20 bucks that like a few people save on a game like honestly less than that a lot of the time it's this is pennies to a 12 billion dollar company well pennies do add up based on how many people they have um and i'm sure they have marketing conversations about that or business conversations and uh, the thing that i'm at right now where i'm like yeah it's totally fine is uh you're not supposed to do that it's in the steam's terms of service um and so, you know what, like get, they covered their butts already. And so I don't really think it's, I mean, I'm with you, Chez. I see like, hey, like that's just kind of a flex move. I think we're going to see more of a backlash from the community because by doing this, they're drawing a lot of attention to it. Like, like Chez said, like there's probably not that many people that are taking advantage of the situation. There's not a lot of people who use virtual private networks. But Steam's pretty, they're a, 10, they're a $12 billion company. And so when they talk on something like this and stuff gets figured out, more people are going to learn about it. Like, oh, wait, I could have done this? That's that's exactly what happened with me. I didn't even know this was a thing until I saw that they were clamping down on it. It's kind of like how nobody knows where to get drugs in middle school. And then the D.A.R.E. program shows up and it's like, all right, here's where to get drugs. Here's who's going to offer it to you. Here's how much they cost and what they look like. But don't do that. <laughs> and, and you're just like, wow, I didn't have any of this information. And now I have all this information. I hate the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> just, Thank you, D.A.R.E. officer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, huh, you're just a kid. Like, oh, OK, OK. That's that, that's how I feel. It's just like, hey, don't do this thing. And most of us are like, um, I didn't know this was something you could do. And they're like, oh, well, now, you know, but don't do it. I find that a little ridiculous. I don't have too many strong opinions on this article, to be completely honest with you. It just affects me so little, I guess. It's 
you know, I just don't think that this is that big of a problem in the gaming community to where anybody needs to be freaking out that badly. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't care that much. Am I the only one? I, I think it's just a, a shitty move. Like, I, I, I don't know. Fuck anybody who wants to try to save a buck on their games, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. What's interesting is that some people who advertise VPNs actually use that as, like, a reason to get a VPN. Like, they advertise this fact. Like, one of my favorite YouTubers is Beat'em-Ups, and I've seen him advertise before. Like, hey, I have, you know, I use a VPN because I like Netflix. Well, I can't watch Friends or whatever stupid show in America, but if I say I'm in Europe, they have Friends. And I'm like, can he do that? Can he advertise that? Well, I think that one's different because it's not like Netflix is losing money in any way. You know, they're still making their money off of you. Um, I think the only people that might be like upset about that fact would be like the people that buy like that Netflix is buying these like TV rights, like rights to stream these shows on their platform. Those would be the people upset, not necessarily Netflix. Uh, uh, That's fair. I don't know. Not a whole lot to say about this fella either. Zach, you got any closing takes? I think it's just a shitty move. You know, I totally agree with what you uh, both I think you both make a good point. I'm just curious if this will lead to more problems by them shutting it down. Because I, I agree with you, Chess. It's a small thing. That's what JP said, too. Um, but now I'm curious if there's going to be more of like a retaliation against it. But maybe not. Uh, with that said, I think we're ready to move on to Article 3. You guys ready to do that? Yeah, absolutely. JP, you were really excited to take the last one, so I'm going to let you take this one. Well, that is just so kind of you, my friend. Let's see what we've got here. This is coming to us from Polygon.com from Nicole Carpenter. Video game conventions are happening again. PAX West in September is the first big post-COVID show. All right. So coming straight from the article, convention host Reed Pop announced Tuesday that PAX West will return in September. The first major gaming event to be held in person since the COVID-19 pandemic put large group gatherings on hold last year. The convention will be held in Seattle on September 3rd through the 6th at the Washington State Convention Center. Tickets or tickets for the event will be on sale over the next two weeks. Uh, PAX East held February 27th, March 1st in Boston was the last major gaming event to be held in the United States ahead of the pandemic. Okay, so I don't know if you guys realize how crazy that is. Isn't that approaching like two and a half to three years where we've gone without one of these PAX conventions then? If this happened in like the February 27th or March 1st of 2019, like we're going on over two years without a PAX convention. How do you feel about that? Um, I remember I used to get really excited about PAX because like that's where you would see a lot of the really cool game demos and like YouTubers and stuff would go there and show off like some of the gameplay. And honestly, it did a great job about building hype for a lot of the games that were going to be coming in like, you know, the holiday season. And I, you know, I didn't really think about it when it was gone. Um, But now that it's coming back, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Like, it's not even like I'm going to it, but I'm excited to see a lot of the stuff that's going to be there because like indie titles take a lot of advantage of going to PAX and showing off their game demos you know that what's funny is we had the same opinions about e3 right where it's like when we had e3 consistently every year it started to feel a bit more moot if that makes sense and a little more a little bit more just like a part of the noise i suppose it wasn't until we had it taken away and then reintroduced one year after the pandemic that we kind of realized how much we actually missed it and how like impactful it is for gaming as a whole 
Zach, what about you? How do you feel about PAX? Have you ever watched one of their events before? Yeah, I love it. Like anytime there's like more gaming news, I'm all for it. That's why <laughs> JP wanted to make a podcast and then we made a podcast and then everything and its mom got shut down. And so the only thing I've had to look forward to are state of plays, whatever the heck you call those Microsoft world premiere things and Nintendo directs. And so <laughs> world premieres, world premiere. <laughs> and so I am very excited for just the return of normal and air quotes and yeah more video game news is more stuff for us to talk about and you know i love stuff guys oh my god what a coincidence i also enjoy stuff and also when there's video game news it makes my job that much easier right you're not fucking kidding when czar zach and i first started the podcast was right when the pandemic started literally on par and Every piece of news we had was, this is canceled. This is closing down. This isn't happening anymore. It got so depressing. It's so just rejuvenating for the soul after the last 18 months of pure fucking misery to see that some of our favorite gaming events are coming the fuck back. And truth be told, since PAX takes place right after E3 or like kind of in the midst of it all, I don't I haven't really paid that much attention to it. Um, but now that it's happening, I'm extremely excited for it to be happening again. And honestly, if you're a gamer, so should you. Um, so just as a little bit more information, if you are interested in the event. Um, along with being like an in-person event, you can buy digital ba uh, badges to get into the event. So that's actually kind of what this next paragraph is getting at. Read Pop said detailed health and safety guidelines for PAX West will be released before the September event. It's also got information regarding PAX Online East 2021. The, on the online only event scheduled for July 15th through 18th. And these badges are going on sale for $15 a piece. Um, but apparently you get special access to events and other amazing things that you don't get to see if you're uh, just kind of viewing the show for free. And if you actually want to go to a PAX showcase, um, the four days are going to cost you $230. A little pricey, but if you're super into getting the hottest gaming news right when it comes out, might be worth it. Boys, we might have to buy some of those online tickets, though. That sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would love to go to one of these events in person, but it's just it, the timing has never been right for me where I had the money to go, you know, stay for like a week and go to see all these things. And then, you know, but it's a, it's a lot of costs to go to one of these things. But the online events might be might be worth a little bit of change. Oh, you're damn right. I mean, PAX East and PAX, PAX West. I mean, first of all, you have to travel. You have to get hotels. And then $230 is just to access the event. There's also a PAX in Australia. Um, yeah, going to these events is not cheap, which is why I'm extremely happy, happy that they're offering those $15 tickets. Um, for online passes. So I don't know. I think that's something to look forward to. And Peaches, by the way, what you said earlier, you are 100% right. This is where indie games can really show off their stuff. Because what's great about PAX is, yeah, the big guys are going to be there, but it's definitely a lot more even of a playing ground where everybody's going to have like a better opportunity to show exactly what they've been working on for people who are interested in it, I think, as compared to E3, that is. So yeah, it's going to be really cool. I can't wait to see it. I absolutely agree. Um, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it was gone. It's coming back. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. 
But before we move on, I just want to... JP, can you uh, read that little funny screenshot from PAX 2019 headlines? Uh, Let's see what you got. Plus, there's this funny thing from the article. We spoke to Google about why Stadia will succeed and got our hands on Mortal Kombat 11 running on the streaming service. Okay, so not everything at PAX is great. (laughs) Stadia! (laughs) They they, they don't always hit. (laughs) I mean, how many times have we given our opinion on Google Stadia on this show? I don't know if I told you guys about this tweet. The Rainbow Road podcast like made like some comment about the Google Stadia, and I wrote a list of reasons why the Google Stadia was dog shit. And this random person who I've never seen or spoken to before in my life tweeted at me like, I don't even remember what he said, but like, oh, you're so wrong. Google Stadia is like the best gaming platform ever created and you're wrong. And then I literally tweeted back, LOL, okay, dude, who do you work for? And he blocked me. (laughs) Yeah, that's the great thing about Twitter is anybody can see what you put on there and send it right, you know, send you some fun comments on. Just send you some fun stuff. I thought you guys might get a kick out of that story. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty great. I mean, we love to interact with our Twitter followers, don't we? Who do you work for? Who do you, who do you work for? (laughs) Oh, shit, he's on to me. Yeah, precisely. Blocked. Who doesn't want to play these games with just... A slight amount of lag that you can't fix because you're streaming the game. Like, who who wouldn't love that? And higher internet bills and just, like, you know, slowing down every other device in your fucking household so you can play Destiny 2. Who doesn't want those things? Ah, that's the dream. It's, it really is. It's the dream. All right. Not a lot <laughs> else to say about that. Do you guys have any last takes about PAX? Yeah, fuck the Google Stadia. Let's move on to Zach's whatever this is. <laughs> hey, now. I, 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 I really just don't know what to call it. So, um, Nintendo Switch has a, a two games coming out, and they're also coming out multi-platform. Uh, Neo, the world, or the game ends with you, um, is a sequel to, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called, The World Ends With You. The World Ends With You. Yeah, and that game has a huge cult following, and it's very popular, and apparently it got shafted, and so people are pretty excited to see it come and get revitalized and on a new generation. I believe it's coming to PS5 and Nintendo Switch, and I would assume PS4, um, and there may be more. And then the other game that I'll be talking about is Monster Hunter Stories 2, which is coming to Switch and then later to Steam. Uh, so the reason I'm talking about these games is they both had demos releasing recently, and I just kind of want to give you guys my thoughts on it, answer any questions you have for them. Um, and so let's start with Monster Hunter Stories 2. I stream this over at twitch.tv slash game. Or wait. Oh, I don't even know my own thing. Dogs. dogs. <laughs> dad jokes with doggos. Dad jokes with doggos. There we go. Yes. <laughs> dad jokes with doggos. Twitch.tv slash uh, dog jokes with dog jokes with dados. Homie, you got to get better at plugging yourself. <laughs> okay, 14 times the charm. JP is editing this one, so it'll be, it'll be good. All right. You can find me here on <laughs> twitch.tv slash dad jokes with doggos. <sighs> okay, nailed it. Um, all right, so I, I played Monster Hunter Stories 2, and um, it was really fun. To be totally honest, I was looking forward to this. I just got into the Monster Hunter series through Monster Hunter Rise, and um, yeah. So seeing that's had like a Pokemon spinoff... It's not really, you know, Pokemon, but it's, it's yeah. Uh, spinoff, like, monster taming, catching, and battling thing. I, I was pretty excited. I love me some RPGs. I love me some Monster Hunters, so hell yeah. Um, so I wanted to give you guys kind of the highlights I got from when I played it. And I know Chess kind of watched a little bit, has some questions, so hopefully answer them here. 
or we can just move on to the next game. So in Monster Hunter Stories 2, um, I would say graphically it looked beautiful. Um, Chess said it looked just like Breath, Breath of the Wild uh, in its art style, and I would say it's very accurate. That cell shady, cartoony look. Um, it looks absolutely gorgeous. You have monsters on screen that just kind of that are there, just kind of like the wild areas in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, and it's really cool. You can run into them or you can avoid them. There aren't any random encounters. You see it, you battle it, or you say, I'm out. Um, uh, I will state graphically, it had like a little bit of like choppy pop-in. Appar like apparently because it's a Steam release, um, the frame rate is uncapped. So sometimes you're getting really good 60 frames per second. Other times you're in a big open section. It can kind of fluctuate between 20 and 30 frames. So it kind of just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the most graphically like digital foundry like certified guy but i could definitely tell there was like it was a little choppy um and then you had like pop in like from grass just kind of like looking beautiful and then like you get farther away from it and it's like okay bye now see you later <laughs> um yeah so it is a demo so maybe that'll get fixed but maybe it's just because it's coming to steam so they were trying to balance it for both could i could i squeeze in a question here yeah when i was watching your twitch stream i couldn't help but notice there was not a huge variety of these uh, monsties. Um, mm. Do you think that's just due to it being a demo, or do you think that's going to be a problem the game has? Or do you think that it doesn't need a lot of monsties? I think that's a great question. I think when you come from something like Pokemon, where they have, what is it, 20, 1995 to now, 27 years? What Am I bad at math? 30 years? So, I don't know. Pokemon started up at 94, so no, you're right, about 27 years. And, and a long story, like, Monster Hunter has been around for a while, um, too, but it, yeah, there, there's definitely less monsters, um, but I would say that it's kind of to its advantage, too, like, each monster feels wholly unique, there's not, like, three different stages of that monster or whatever it is for the Pokemon, five different evolutions or whatever, um, which some people like, there's nothing wrong with that change, I'm just saying, like, you're still getting a lot of variety in the monsters, but yeah, there's not gonna be, like, 500 different monsters, no way. I bet, at the end of the day, like, rough estimate, I think there's 80 monsters in the game, totally guessing, um, but I think there's at least more than 50, I can say that confidently. Um, so I think that's enough, don't you, Jez? I, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends. I mean, it, it's your kind of game. I mean, I I was just I was just watching and wondering. I had my Rocket League on, but I noticed you fighting like the same flying little little shitlin and the same uh, Stegosaurus looking fella uh, a lot of times. And it definitely has that like route system where you're gonna find that specific like that could be your ratatata you're always gonna find that on route one sorry that's ratatata's route get over it um but also <laughs> like i do think you're right there's not gonna be as many as there are pokemon so i'm glad you asked that question well, well hold on there's one more thing i gotta throw in jp i know it's on your mind you can jump in the game <laughs> lots of jumping very awesome jumping um, and I think that's good. Another thing I talk about is you can ride your monstee at any time. I thought that was really cool, except like in towns, but that's just because the towns are so small. So you could you call it like a monsteed then? Sir, you're amazing. I love that. Nice, <laughs> nice work, Peaches. <laughs> There's a lot to do. It's typical JRPG. There's you go in, you battle, you grind, you get stronger, you learn new abilities. 
there's a big focus on like you are like your own fighter like you you have your sword you fight and then your monster is like a party member and then you have other actual party members with their monsties um and there's a real big focus on like kinship which is where you guys are like in sync so you want you don't want to have one singular monster i'm sure you can but like you want to have one monster that is technical one monster that is um power one monster that is speed and then you you use like from your previous battles with other monsters to be like oh hey i know this monster is always going to do a power move so i'm going to pick speed because speed always beats power it's kind of like rock paper scissors um which sounds like it would be boring but it's actually like very strategic in that you have to learn about the monster first then you can play to it and then i haven't finished the demo and the demo is a lot longer than i thought it was um but they got this thing where like monsters start to get frustrated so they change up their things um and so like i was able to you know put two and two together okay if it's frustrated it's just gonna try and beat the shit out of me so it's gonna do a power move so i'm gonna do a speed move and i was right so i don't don't, okay i don't know how in-depth that gets um but it's pretty cool and then there was something else about swapping your weapons at certain times but yeah there's a lot of strategy to it so like i think if you want to get into it it can get very complex but at the end of the day if you grind i'm sure you can win i think that more people need to give monster hunter a chance i have not played the game and i know that sounds <laughs> stupid from like have you played it no i haven't but i have heard nothing about praise for the monster hunter series from anybody who's a big fan of the series I'm extremely happy that you've had so much fun with the game. I think that it's extremely underrated. Hell, when the PlayStation was deciding on 20 games that were going to be free for, you know, new users coming to the PlayStation 5 and signing up for online service, one of those 20 games is a Monster Hunter game because they decided that it was so fucking good that it just has to be one of the classics on their console. So I'm really, really glad that you gave it a try and liked it so much, Zach. But to be honest with you, I'm a lot more interested in the game you're about to talk about. Okay, okay. But last thing on my demo, the music fucking bumps. All right. Oh, I fucking love a good soundtrack. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like the battle theme is fire. Like the the sounds are all super like relaxed and fun. So yeah, just saying it's got good music. It's got a great art style. It's a little choppy graphically and it's got some pretty deep ish gameplay. I'm sure there'll be more to it. We'll see how it talks out. So that was Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Story 2s. It sounds like JP is ready for me to talk about Neo. I knew I said that wrong. Okay, so I put Neo, the game ends with you. It's definitely the world ends with you. Just like the DS game. Okay, cool. I'm not crazy. All right. Um, so to be totally honest, I haven't um, played it yet. I just like was like, I saw that came out and my choice was either to play Monster Hunter or play Neo. And I clicked Monster Hunter. Um, so JP, I did do some research for you, my guy, and for our listeners. And so I went on to Reddit just to kind of get the quick takes while I could. And so, like I said, this is a very big cult following. It's a Square Enix game. The world ends with you. It, it was really popular. It wasn't really successful, but it's got like that cult following fan base that just absolutely loves it. Uh, and so let's talk about Reddit uh, user. I thought I put his name in here just to give him some props. Oh yeah, Fly19. So Fly19 uh, kind of summarizes for me and for me <laughs> being the, I love Reddit. I just love Reddit so much. Okay. And so he said, he gave us some points. First, he talked about the art direction. It's great. Um, it took him in to get used to the new perspective, but I'm a big fan now. It has the old game's bones with its own flesh and flair. And he says he's into it, which I love. 
Um, cow- yeah. Uh, and so I would describe the art style as like it's Cowboy Bebop mixed with Square Enix or Final Fantasy. And I love like Cowboy Bebop. You know what I mean? Like that comic book anime style is what I'm trying to describe here. And so he described the characters are solid so far. Fret is a riot and Bren plays a good straight man for him. Minamoto is fun and the cat girl reaper gives off a big taunting older sister energy that feels appropriate can't wait to see what karaya and yashiro have been up to you had me a cat girl yeah i had to make sure bold underline cap you know not capitalize but uh increase the font size of cat girl cat girl that's important S- that's important sold. to the story <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your entire stock. The music um, Fly 19 describes as interesting, a mix of the old with some alt edge. Not every track lands for him, but they do a good job of calling back to the original game's legendary OST without completely just stealing from it. Gameplay is different, a little butt mashy, but pretty satisfying. I'm sure it'll open up with an extra teammate, more pins to play with, and wider variety of enemies. JP, I know you said you were interested in it. Did you ever get to play The World Ends with you? No, uh, my intrigue in the game, like I said, actually comes from the fact that the characters from the first game are featured on Kingdom Hearts um, Dream Drop Distance. Yep, that's, that's the extent of my knowledge, too. I'm like, oh, what? Then I found out it's like super popular. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> they. So I, I was asking because I want to describe the gameplay because it is a different kind of game. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. So I'll just describe I'll just say what it is here and then we might have to do like a Twitch thing because I don't know if I can like describe it and do it justice. But uh, Fly19 says it's a little butt mashy but pretty satisfying. I already said that. I'm sorry. But it'll open up with an extra teammate, more pins to play with, wider variety of enemies. So like, it's just the same uh, but opened up more with uh, that wider variety. So, I mean, it sounds like they they're working on the foundation but not totally stealing from it, which is cool. Um, and they just they said its performance on Switch is really good. They were worried that they might have to get it for the PS4, but they feel like they're okay with pulling it on the Switch. Um, and so that's kind of the quick TLDR on Neo The World Ends With You. Um, don't take my, or Fly19's word for it. It's There's a demo on PS4, PS5, and on Switch. So play it and see what you think. And let us know if we need to download it and play it ourselves. It's definitely a game that you need to kind of like monster hunter you need to give it a chance um i have heard incredibly mixed reviews about the world ends with you in its totality to be completely honest with you but i think if you're any kind of like japanese game style fan at all then this game is probably going to resonate with you i've heard it's different enough to be interesting yet familiar enough to kind of give you what you're looking for in these types of games by all means if that sounds like your kind of game go give it a try because I don't think you'll be disappointed. And so that's all I got for these demos. Thanks for giving me this time. I appreciate you guys. Who's going to lead us in quick takes? Every, well, everyone give Zach a round of applause. He, he, he burned through that Woo! as quick as possible. That was great. I'm glad you were here to tell us about it. All right. Um, Peaches, give us some quick takes for the week. All right. Here are quick takes. Uh, number one, Bungie has asked data miners to stop spoiling content. Um, <laughs> this one, I no. this one, I, I thought it was pretty funny. Like the, the guy put out in a tweet to data miners that please stop spoiling stuff. We're going to be giving stuff away for free. Um, that just don't, don't spoil the stuff that's coming out. We were excited to show it to you and you guys are giving everything away. <laughs> I, I just thought this was really funny. I mean, first of all, no data miners going to listen. Uh, let's be honest. Obviously not. Like <laughs> who the fuck? data miners get off on finding out secrets before they're supposed to know it um 
Precisely. So really, uh, unfortunately, that's going to have to fall to the consumer not to spoil it for themselves. And I, you know, I think a lot of people have the self-control not to... Well, that's kind of part of the issue, though, is you don't always have to be seeking the content for it to be spoiled. The internet is just a very cruel place that doesn't want anybody to be happy, so... That is absolutely true a lot of the time. Um, you can often accidentally stumble onto, uh... That's exactly why I recommend that, like, if there's something you really want to see in the theaters or something you really want to play, you gotta do it as soon as you possibly can. I mean, or else it's... something's gonna get spoiled. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's definitely some things you gotta be more careful with than others. Like, stuff like Twitter and, like, TikTok and Facebook, I think are like your most likely places to be spoiled because like you'll just be scrolling along and then all of a sudden you'll see like somebody like on Twitter posted like you know without even like post like even saying like hey this is the ending to Avengers Endgame you know they'll just fucking yeah. write it all out there and then you by the time you read it you you're already spoiled so it's unfortunate it happens but uh I, I just thought it was funny that Bungie is you know <laughs> trying that guys <laughs> come on <laughs> please no more all right. Uh, what else you got? Um, this one is more of a warning, um, uh, you know, for any streamers that may be among us listening and also sitting with us recording the podcast. Uh, don't stream the Marvel Avengers after this new update that shows your IP address. Oh, gee, Williker, Zach, doesn't look like you're going to get to stream Marvel's Avengers. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know you're looking uh, forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, I guess I will <laughs> just go stream... Uh... DC Superhero Girls or something. I don't know. All right. Yeah, that's Wait, fine. D- DC Superhero Girl. Oh, you mean the new one that just came out? I'm not interested in that. I am. But um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, a new update now has uh, your IP address like showing on screen, which anybody that is even like somewhat savvy to the Internet knows that uh, if someone has your IP address, you can get really fucked over by that. So, um. So why the fuck are they doing it? I, I'm i pretty sure it was an accident because it wasn't there before. And then an update came out and now it shows your IP address. So great job, Square. Great fucking job. Oh, my God. <laughs> Be careful out there. Uh, it's I defended you guys. I defended you at E3. Come on now. <laughs> this is amateur hour. God. All right. So, you know, now that we're past Square Enix, you know, just constantly making a mockery of the Avengers. <laughs> um, this last one just kind of goes with the hype from Battlefield 2042's trailer showing at E3. Um, EA and DICE have had to increase the server capacity for Battlefield 4 because the hype from Battlefield 2042 has so many players coming back to play that game in preparation for 2042. Um, so if anybody... This is really just here to let you know, like, if you didn't think that uh, Battlefield 2042 hit hard at E3, it definitely did. It it went off. That's amazing. Um, You know, I mean, Battlefield 2042 really, really fucking stuck out amongst the crowd, which is saying something because all of Xbox Bethesda's games were fucking looking fantastic. Just something you've been saying has been resonating with me about Battlefield in general, and it's the fact that to fans of the genre... Battlefield represents what Call of Duty is supposed to be. So I'm extremely happy, even if it is EA, that Battlefield 4 is getting the attention that it needs. I mean, it's not that it was some niche title. Battlefield 4 is extremely popular. But the fact that their trailer for their next game got people so fucking excited 
that they're going back to this fella. I'm so happy for them, man. Good for them. And I mean, what game is more fun to kill team kill people on than Battlefield? Let's be honest. You can do it in so many ways. So, JP, with that said, I want you to take this last quick take because uh, this one I really I wasn't sure if we should make it a full article or just a quick take. And I think no one could hype it up better than you. So I don't know about that because Zach is becoming quite the PlayStation stand, but I'll take it. I'll take it. So. Uh, coming to us from Wired Up Report. I like how they use the Washington Post font. That really threw me for a fucking loop. I was like, Washington Post? Uh, Sony registers a new trademark for a PlayStation Experience event, also known as PSX. So a little bit into the article here. Uh, Sony Inter- Interactive Entertainment registered the trademark PSX on June 11th, 2021. Uh, the trademark is related to creating, organizing, and conducting a exhibitions and conferences in the field of entertainment and video games based on official information showed by the registration body used it's easy to think that this is a new playstation experience so from the sound of it if this was going to be another online only event then they would have just called it a state of play type event like what they've done in the past i think playstation is literally making their own p like packs but with just playstation Yeah, I think I honestly, that's what I was thinking as well, is that like, you know, indie titles that are going to be maybe not even just PlayStation exclusive, but that are coming to the PlayStation have another place that they can show off their game and get some hype going for it. And also, I mean, obviously, they're going to have like the big, you know, like if Insomniac puts out a game, it's going to be center stage for a Sony event. But oh, clearly, clearly, like if you're going to have an in-person event, you can't like it's got to be big news, right? Like there's going to be a bunch of stuff there because otherwise it wouldn't justify having an in-person event rather than like just an online state of play. And so I'm actually excited like to see what comes of this, like, you know, when the first one of these is going to be, or maybe they were just getting ahead of themselves and like someone had an idea. I was like, all right, quick trademark it, trademark it, trademark it, trademark it. Yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly what it is yet, but we do know that PlayStation's working on something big to show off their games. That's literally all we know, by the way. We don't, we just know there's a trademark for this PSX. We don't know what it's going to be. We hope to find out more about it soon. Um, The question is, if it was a PlayStation only event, would they have enough material to support the event for the entirety of its programming exclusively with PlayStation content? I don't even know if they're, you know, I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. Obviously, when it comes to PlayStation, they've got the fucking games, okay? That's what they've got going for them. But enough to fill up your entire own event? I don't know about that. But you know what? They seem pretty confident. I'm excited to see what happens. Zach, you got anything on this as the newest PlayStation stand? PlayStation stand! I like news, so I'm all for it. (laughs) Like I said, like you said... Like JP said, when there's news, our job is great. When there's not news, I gotta pick my nose. So yeah. Who says that? You know I mean, let's just be let's just be clear. You don't have to. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna do it. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> All right, and uh, Zach, it looks like there's one last thing here. Do you want to cover it real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you didn't know, uh, Metroid Dread's coming out. Yay! Oh, you don't say. And if you don't know, the special edition is already sold out. How? Uh, scalpers. So, um... Oh, my God. Yeah, I I think this is just such a terrible thing right now. 
like scalping is creating so much artificial demand from the PlayStation 5 to the Xbox Series X to the uh, latest, just the, the latest gadget due to these chip shortages. Um, and then scalpers making it 10 times worse. So I think we're going to have to do like a gaming talk sometime soon to figure out what solution is there to scalping? Is there a solution? Is it as bad as I say? Or is that a way that you can make, you should be making money? I don't know. I, I just want to kind of throw it in there. Everyone's been asking us specifically, you know, people come up to me on the street and say, what are you going to do about the scalping situation? And I say, I don't know, get off of me. <laughs> But well, we'll talk it out. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll handle these scalpers once and for all. Game T podcast. Every single <laughs> fucking one of them. We have your back, gamers. That's actually a really good conversation to be had. I didn't even know Metroid Dread was doing a special edition. But now that I'm looking at some of the stuff that comes with it, I'd really love to get my hands on it. To be honest with you. Well, have fun paying a premium. Ugh, I guess now. Yeah, we'll have to have a conversation about scalpers at a later date, because this is getting so fucking out of hand. Yeah, fuck them scalpers. Let's get into game releases. Fuck yeah. Mind if I take game releases today, boys? Yep, and GP, there's a difficult one to pronounce, but I I went ahead. I did some extra work. I put the pronunciation right there for you. Okay, well, <laughs> I was like, Ey. okay. All right. <laughs> On July 6th, um, honestly, it's a really, like, pretty boring week for game releases. All we've got is July 6th. Um, a Plague Tale, Innocence, is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, and the Nintendo Switch. Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights, is coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Thank you so much for that. I got you, bud. Um, and Wise, um, let's see, what ro- Roman numeral is that? Nine. Wise 9. Monstrum Knox is coming to Nintendo Switch and PC. Jeez. You see, I thought it was uh, East, but I, I wasn't sure enough to put a pronunciation for it. Ease 8, Ease 9, Ease Nuts. And Ease Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Got it's it. It's a good game series, though. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, the hype up game for the week A Plague Tale Innocence. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard too much about this game. It was in a showcase that we saw somewhat recently, and it's coming soon to uh, pretty much all platforms. And it's, uh, in short, A Plague Tale Innocence is an action-adventure survival horror stealth game developed by Asobo Studio and published by Focus House Interactive. So what is this game? Um, Essentially, it's another kind of stealth horror game. It reminds me a lot of um, Man of Madon, if you guys remember that game that came out a few years ago. Um, Supposed to be extremely scary. Um, And... I just, there's not a whole lot else I really know besides that, to be completely honest with you. It's just that, like, nothing else seemed uh, like it was worth hyping up a whole lot. I think that horror games always have a place in people's library. So if you're looking for something more on the spookier side to kind of offset everything else you're playing right now, give a Plague Tale a try. From my understanding, it's a bit more on the interactive side and, like, the um, walking simulator side, but I think you might like it. It's like a stealth, like you play as two kids, you try and protect your brother because everyone thinks he's the reason the plague is breaking out, and there's rats. And there's rats. Yeah, that pretty much describes the plague. It's got really good reviews on Steam. I mean, the thing is, I would have tried it out if it was a horror game, or if it wasn't a horror game, so. Why don't you like horror, Peaches? Hey, man, I'm, I'm willing to stretch my boundaries and play Phasmophobia, but again, I... Am a bitch. 
All right. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. Um, Next week, or not next week, on Saturday, uh, we're doing a classic. We're doing Rate That Rating with a couple of the games that we're still playing. Uh, Zara's probably not going to be with us still, but we're still going to make it a really good time. So make sure you catch us on the next episode. And uh, I guess that's going to do it. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. Insert, you just got your game tea here. Bye. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.